Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the MLB Strategy Show, Thursday, October 8th. Four games slate, but we don't know most of the pitching, which is fun. We have no idea who the favorites and the underdogs are, which is fun. I don't understand how this is the playoffs. It feels more like spring training because we have very little information, but we're going to take a shot at it anyway. I am Josh Engelman. I am joined by Adam Share. Adam, how are you? I'm good. Still just kind of confused by what's going on with baseball today. Um, like it, it's, it's a four game playoff slate. And is there a single pitcher that you expect to throw 100 pitches if they're pitching well? Probably not. Uh, like I loaded everybody up. Fangraphs has two guys as, you know, probable long relievers. I was just like, okay, so he'll throw four innings and he'll throw four innings and he'll throw four innings. And okay, everybody's the same. It's not fun. Yeah, the, the most expensive pitching options we have are uh, Julio Urias, who pretty much never throws 100 pitches. Frankie Montas, who was kicked out of the starting rotation. And Sixto Sanchez, who, you know, whatever. Like, yeah. he he stretched out, but it's it's Sixto Sanchez against the Raves. Like, I don't know. It's it's really, really weird for a playoff slate. I hate it. I hate it so much. I don't understand how it happens. I don't understand how we don't have lines at this point in time. I just don't understand how it all lines up on the same day. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Well, we don't have much of a choice. I think we need to just dive into this bad boy because, I mean, what else are we going to (laughs) do? They're great slates. That's the problem. Four gamer, you know, the the spread out times isn't ideal, but it's a nice balanced four gamer. It is some consistency. Yeah, I'm really enjoying more information baseball. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's just, it's weird. It's like if it's like, you know, if you had back, you know, when we were in the first round of the playoffs, if it was just like all the coaches came out the same day and we're just like, yeah, so we're just going to run, you know, pretty loose rotations today and kind of just limit our guys and, and try and get through the game. Like that's what this feels like. Well, at the very least, shout out to Yahoo for being the presenting sponsor of this show. We'll touch on them in a little bit. Happy to have them up top. I'm pulling up the top pitchers report. I'm t- pulling up top stacks, pulling up our ownership projections for the slate, which are tenuous at best for right now, considering our knowledge of the starting pitchers, but we don't have a choice. We got to look at it. Uh, it's important right now. And that's what we'll do. 
So ownership, good for DraftKings. Ownership, good for FanDuel. Let's dive in. The Atlanta Braves and the Miami Marlins. Braves, 4.6 run implied total. Marlins, 4. Those numbers are actually real. Uh, It's very nice to know that those two guys or those two teams actually have a line out so far. Kyle Wright going for the Braves. Sixto Sanchez going for the Marlins. Given that they are two pitchers that we know are pitching, they are also soaking up a ton of ownership. Kyle Wright, 53%. Sixto Sanchez, 44%. What are you doing with pitching in the Braves-Marlins game? I mean, I think you have to be looking at it pretty hard because it's just it's two guys that are actually starters, at least. Um, Sixto Sanchez, you know, his his last time out was October 2nd against the Cubs through 89 pitches. Uh, Kyle Wright's last appearance was September 25th through 79 pitches, 98 the game before that. Like these guys are at least both stretched out and at least have the opportunity to give you 90 to 100 pitches if they're pitching well. Wright obviously has the better uh, matchup against Miami, but isn't as exciting a pitcher from a DFS standpoint. Sixto with the tougher matchup against the Braves, but has the better strikeout stuff. I think that you you know, really have to be looking pretty hard at these guys just because we at least know that they're capable of giving you five to six innings. Yeah, they both grade out pretty well for me. Um, I gave Kyle Wright just shy of five innings. I gave Sixto Sanchez five innings. That seemed, uh, Even that feels like a lofty goal um, because there's no reason that he needs to be out there. You can pretty much roster anybody from a pitching perspective, and that's why you see their ownership going crazy. You know, Even if you ignoring the correlation of having pitchers from the same game and if you want to do that or not, I mean, these guys together are $7,600 on average. Like you can just, you can have whatever you want, even if you just start with these two guys. And then there are plenty of other options to go that'll keep that similar. Do you think your outlook changes based on any of the future starters we get in the games that are a little ambiguous? Do you think it matters at all? It doesn't, I don't think Houston will matter. Um, they, they don't have anybody that could matter unless like I, unless Granky goes, but I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, if, yeah, I mean, like if they say Granky's going to go, then I guess that changes it a little bit. But um, even then you would have concerns over if he's actually healthy or not. But assuming it's not Granky, I don't think there's anybody on the Astros that changes anything. The Dodgers, I guess, you know, could change could change stuff. They don't actually have a list to start right now either. I think the assumption is that it's Julio Urias, which yeah. would give you a, an actual starter. Um, if, you know, but if, if they do something different, go to a bullpen game, then it's going to make Sixto and Wright look even better. So fan graphs for the Astros, since we're talking about it, we're kind of, we're going to have to look like sort of bounce, bounce around a little bit. They have Christian Javier in. Yeah. That's, that's my assumption is that it'll be Javier. He threw 25 pitches on Monday the quote in the athletic from Dusty Baker was essentially that whoever they decide to start will have to give them as many innings as they can because their bullpen is basically dead. Like if you look at their, their bullpen usage, basically they have, and I'm trying to double check to make sure that this, these guys are actually on the the playoff roster. Um, But they have, yeah. So they basically have uh, Javier who, through 25 pitches on Monday, which isn't a big deal, but he's not, I don't think he's likely to go deep into a game. Luis Garcia hasn't pitched and Cy Snead hasn't pitched. I think that you could see some combination of those guys. My guess is that Javier gets the, the start and goes a couple of innings um, and then, you know, try and get it to the back end of the bullpen. But it, it's, 
probably Javier. I just don't think that he really goes deep. I agree. I have Javier in. I don't have him pitching particularly long, but he is in there. It's amazing. In a year where you actually have an extra active roster player in the playoffs, it's even worse than normal. Yeah. And, and as far as Javier goes, you know, I mentioned you threw the 25 pitches on the 5th, September 30th, you threw 54 pitches. I would guess that you're getting like three to four innings if he pitches well. Yeah. Uh, he grades out uh, solid for me if he goes four, um, but we'll dig into that in a little bit. Let's transition over to the offenses. Braves and Marlins. Uh, if I pull up the top stacks tool for today, Atlanta second, um, just a little bit behind Oakland, Oakland and Atlanta outpacing everybody pretty solidly. Uh, Atlanta showing up as owned as they should be uh, basically neutral for their ownership share and their top stack odds. So let's start with the Braves since they're second. How do you feel about Atlanta as a stack today? Good. I mean, yeah. Sixto is, I guess, one of the better pitchers on the slate just because of uh, the, the lack of, of other talented pitchers. Um, he, he has good strikeout stuff, but he is still, you know, unproven at the major league level. His strikeout numbers have been a lot better against lefties than righties. He hasn't really given up much power to either side, only a 0.078 expected ISO to lefties, 137 to righties. So like all that stuff looks pretty good. But at the same time, you do still have a lot of power in this Atlanta lineup. They also are an appealing stack because they give you a catcher that has power and is in a prime batting position. Same goes for shortstop with Dansby Swanson, two, two positions that are generally kind of difficult to fill. So they're, they're appealing in that regard as well. And then you also get some leverage because there's going to be so much ownership going to Sixto Sanchez by default. So um, it's, it's definitely a spot where I'm interested in both sides. Uh, I, I fully recognize that Sanchez is one of the better pitching options, but at the same time, the Braves are still a really good offensive team. Yeah, I actually have the Braves fifth. Um, I'm a little bit less enamored with them compared to the top stack tool compared to their current ownership. Now, Acuna, Freeman, Ozuna, they all look great regardless. They're just quality hitters. But Darno picking up 30% ownership, I mean, I understand why it's happening. I think that it's a bit too aggressive. Um, I don't need 30% of him tonight. Uh I thought Zanino would play yesterday. I don't believe that he did. And then he's in the starting potential starting lineup for today. It's another guy that I would like to go to 3,300. If I'm just trying to buy a home run, I'll take the 27% ownership discount or whatever it ends up being. Yeah. It is worth mentioning that there's catching like the, the, the eight teams left. They not all of them, but most of them do actually have catchers that can hit a little bit. So yeah. it has been, I agree. It's kind of like Darno is always, he's a good play, obviously, but he, his ownership has been a little higher than I think it should be. When you consider that, um, you know, Will Smith has power, Mike Zanino has power, Gary Sanchez, when he's in the lineup has power. Um, it, it's not as bad a position as it could be. Exactly. Um, favorite Braves bet. Call it favorite Braves bet cash, favorite Braves bet GPP. I think I, so I mean, cash, I guess it's Darno. Yeah, that's fine. Um, GPP, probably Freeman. I think that you probably just get a little bit lower ownership on Freeman than Acuna just because of, of positions. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. We're on the same page there. Switch over to the Marlins side. Marlins, a little bit less 
uh, optimistic about their stack odds. They are second from the bottom, 9% chance of being the top stack on DraftKings, 11.6% ownership share. They are an optimizer's dream because they are so cheap. So they could potentially pick up a lot of love that way. But all of their ownership is basically going to two and a half guys, Dickerson and Birdie with a little bit going to Aguiar. Do you want to stack up the Marlins against some pretty heavy Kyle Wright exposure? Yeah, I think it's kind of a decent spot because I, I was going to say, if, if you hadn't mentioned it, um, but you did, th- with, with as cheap as they are, that's something that we point to a lot as, you know, they'll show up as, as stacks and optimizers. But without pitching to pay up for it today, I think you're going to see them not show up as stacks and optimizers. You're going to see them show up as one-offs and, and, and you know, two-offs because you'll use like Corey Dickerson for value and then stack some actually good offensive team. So having a full Miami stack might be a little bit more contrarian than just going to, you know, a couple of the guys that are cheap at the top. Kyle Wright, not particularly good. Uh, This season, he's allowed a 256 expected ISO to lefties, 200 to righties, sub 20% strikeout percentage to both sides of the plate. So all that stuff looks good. Mm -hmm. And it is a ballpark upgrade being outside of Miami. So I think all that looks good. It's still the Marlins. They're still the worst offensive team in the playoffs. But, you know, you are getting ownership going to Kyle Wright. You are getting favorable pricing for whatever that's worth. Um, As an aside, I kind of want your thoughts on it. Um, So I know someone had asked on a show a couple of days ago how we were approaching stacking in the playoffs. And I said that I hadn't really changed my approach too much, but I thought it was at least something to consider. I have noticed some pretty good players stacking less. And it really is something I'm considering on this particular slate because there's so much, there's so much salary flexibility. I don't think that stacking has quite as much merit because part of the reason why stacking is so good is that typically you have to roster some less than good hitters to get to the pitching you want. And so it makes sense to correlate them with the rest of your lineup. If you're forcing stacks today, I think there's going to be spots where you're just forcing guys that you really don't want to be playing at price points that you could just roster a much better play. So I'm, I'm considering not doing it at least to the same extent that I normally do today. Yeah. I think having like the two stacks in a lineup is probably a little bit less than what you need now. Um, so like a five naked should be fine. Even like a four naked, I think is probably fine. I've been seeing people do doing threes and fours. Yeah. Or like, uh, you know, the typical fan duel four, four seems wildly aggressive now. Um, right. I, I would be much more likely to, to, to go to something like three, three or just four naked. Yeah. Either and direction. I think it's more appealing on fan duel still too, just because there is the, the heavier weight on runs and RBIs. Yeah. But like thinking about DraftKings, you know, you're, you already mentioned, like if you start with Sixto Sanchez and Kyle Wright, you basically can do whatever you want with the rest of your lineup. If you're forcing five man stacks, let's say I'll pick a team, but like, let's say the Yankees. Okay. So you're going to get to the, the good part of the Yankees lineup. And then it's going to give you like, let's say Brett Gardner at 3,100 when you could just roster Chris Davis at 3,400 or Corey Dickerson at 3K. Like there's no real reason, especially on DraftKings where home runs are more important that you would actually prefer Brett Gardner to be in that line. Right. Uh, we're, we're on the same page there. I, I would likely, I would lean more towards stacking less in these scenarios than stacking more. Yeah. And it, it also, you know, the slate size matters too. Uh, it's a different discussion when it's a four gamer compared to when you're playing a 13 game slate Um, yeah when you have 26 offenses going there's a much better chance that someone scores 10 runs than when you have eight teams going absolutely Uh, also i guess just kind of on that same train of thought 
even though the pitching today is less than appealing in terms of, of talent, I think it is worth keeping in mind that you're getting a lot of bullpen games, which really aren't favorable for hitters. Right. Like you're just seeing different matchups constantly. So it's a lot harder, I think, to to pinpoint like, oh, this team's in a great spot because the pitcher is going to change after one time through the order. Not only are you just seeing different pitchers, but you're likely seeing your better hitters not getting right like profitable to them matchups you're never gonna you're gonna rarely see freddie freeman facing a righty in a high leverage situation you're gonna just jam freddie freeman with a lefty and that's just gonna be it if it needs to happen uh where during the regular season you don't have to sort of play those individual games all right uh favorite marlins bat gpp and cash Corey dickerson probably Corey dickerson yeah uh i mean there are only real like the cash option is Dickerson or Birdie. I don't right. think that there's much option. Probably, honestly, because of his dual eligibility, it's probably Birdie for second base, um, or at least kind of close to it. Um, for a GPP, you could talk me into Aguiar at 3,100 for a first base option. Brian Anderson's actually been grading out well for me as a tournament play recently. Okay. Yeah, He's 30, not someone I've been getting to. $3,800 third base. Yeah, it's not something I've been getting to a lot, but it's that you you get a lot of ownership going to Alex Bregman at third base, yeah. and people use Chad Pinder as the value at third base, so that's a lot of ownership there. Basically, it's just that you have a guy in Anderson that um, is a pretty decent hitter and just gets no ownership. 133 concurrent viewers, only 20 likes. That seems to be a little light. So... YouTube chat, where you at on this one? Hit that thumbs up, helps us out a ton. Subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell so you get all of our content. Uh, subscribe to the podcast feeds too. So if you don't want to see our ugly mugs, you can just listen to the audio. Anything else for Braves Marlins? I don't think so, no. All right, time to start a guessing game. <laughs> Astros and A's. Uh, I made up a line based on the Fangraphs probabilities here. Fangraphs has the Astros as a slight favorite, so I made them a slight favorite as well. But it's a coin flip, all things considered. And I'm going to go with the assumption of Christian Javier for the Astros, Frankie Montas for the A's. I think you're going the same assumption. I gave Javier four innings. Yeah, that, that seems fine. Like I think he probably goes through the order once, maybe a couple guys twice yeah and in those scenarios like if he just mowed down nine straight batters pretty efficiently he's more likely to see the fourth and the fifth right uh if he you know gets into a little bit of trouble or just like walks a guy or two and picks up pitches you know that number is going to come in a little bit lower playoff baseball a little bit different do you like him I mean, we don't have any ownership on him right now, so it's impossible to know. We've got Jordan Montgomery at 72% ownership. Uh, when these guys show up, those numbers are going to change pretty dramatically. Let's just say so, that he is there at 7,700. Where does he where does he rank accordingly? Right. My, so my first thought when I saw his price was this doesn't really matter because he's 7,700 and he's just irrelevant at that price if you're expecting like three to four innings. But then when you look in the context of the entire slate, there's a really good chance that if you get like 12 – 13 points from your pitcher on DraftKings that you're in, in good shape. And my assumption, obviously we don't have the numbers yet, but my assumption is that his ownership is going to be relatively low since he hasn't even been named the starter and there's legitimate concerns over his, his pitch count. So I think like you're, you're going to prefer Sanchez at a little bit more. You're going to prefer right at less. It's going to keep his ownership down, but there's just, it, it's so easy for either of those guys to fail that, especially in large field tournaments, I don't think there's really much wrong with just 
rostering different pitchers than the field today and, and hoping that you win like 12 to 10 or something. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I don't think there's any pitcher that's going to break this slate. So ownership becomes a lot more, it, it becomes a lot easier to, to worry about ownership there than like yesterday, for example, where you had Ian Anderson in a prime spot at a good salary. And it was just like, yeah, he's going to be popular and there's nothing I can do about it. This feels like a day where we probably get one pitcher that ends up being super necessary or at least the most necessary. And then everybody else is just sort of different flavors of meh. Yeah. So I don't think that there will be any pitcher that is more important than bats today. Agreed. Like, I don't think there'll be any pitcher that it's just like, Oh man, I don't have X. I can't win this tournament. Like yesterday you were, it'll only matter if somebody has really crazy ownership. Right. Like yesterday you were in a lot of trouble if you didn't have 30 points from Ian Anderson. Yeah. I, I doubt that's the case today. I think there's probably a pitcher where it's like, yeah, he did a lot better than everyone else. But yeah. um, I, I think that assuming offenses do well, you know, or do normal, uh, I think bats are just going to be more important. Assuming it's Javier and Montas, do you have a preference between the two? Javier, I guess, because he's a little bit cheaper. I think there's a little bit more strikeouts in the Oakland lineup. Montas, as much as I thought he was going to have a breakout year this year, really, really struggled. And Houston doesn't strike out a lot. Montas also more expensive. I would expect that if he pitches well, Montas can go deeper into the game. But I also assume that Oakland's idea going into this game is, please, God, let Frankie Montas give us five innings, not below this game, and we can get to the bullpen. Yeah, I would also uh, lean that same direction. So let's just slide over to the hitting and we'll start by taking a peek at the top stacks tool. That would be Oakland at the top, 19.4% chance of being the top stack, uh, only a 13.5% ownership share. So they're showing up as under-owned. We need to start with Oakland. Do you agree Oakland as the top stack? Do you feel the ownership is beneficial to you? It seems kind of aggressive, but... I mean, they, they are a good offensive team. We have seen the ball flying in that series. Um, you know, so I, I it, it's not crazy to me. It's just a little higher than I expected. I don't have them as high, but they are fourth for me. Uh, pretty much everybody is uh, smushed together too. So the difference between second, third, and fourth is essentially nothing. Um, so I, I think that they're probably more like properly owned instead of under-owned. Like, I think the ownership represents what they should be. We'll see as we get a little bit further ahead because the the top stack odds will also depend sort of, and like the, the, the value of those top stacks will depend a little bit on who these pitchers are that show up and how much they are and what they're projected for. Uh, right. It's all, you know, symbiotic. So let's talk a little bit about Oakland. We've got Marcus Semien picking up a ton of ownership. Uh, Tommy Listella, Chad Pinder, Matt Olson, Sean Murphy, all showing up somewhere in the teens area. Who's your favorite Oakland bat right now? Matt Olson. Um, Javier's biggest issue this year was left-handed power. He allowed a 239 ISO, 195 expected ISO to lefties and struck out eight percentage points fewer lefties than righties. Um, 21.6% of lefties compared to 30% of righties. The real left-handed power bat in this lineup is Matt Olson, um, potentially the only left-handed power bat because Tommy Lastella yeah. was hit on the elbow yesterday, left the game. So don't know if he'll even be in. Um, there, there's a decent chance that Olson's the really the only lefty here, but uh, either way, he grades out as the best. 4% on Chris Davis, any thoughts? I'm fine with it. He's still cheap. Um, but yeah, I mean, Olson stands out. The, the thing with 
the thing with Oakland, and we saw it yesterday, it started out really well for me, and then it went downhill really quickly. The top of this order is getting a lot of ownership because they're really cheap and they have power. The bottom of the order is essentially being left alone. Yesterday in the $150 three max on DraftKings, Pinder was, I think, 38% owned. Chris Davis was 25%. Semyon was 21%. Lastella was like six. Olsen was, I think, seven. Kano was four. Piscotti was two. Like the cheap guys, particularly Pinder and Davis, the, the cheap guys are just getting so much ownership and they're not any better than most of the hitters, any of the hitters really in this lineup. So that is something to be aware of. Like if you're going to Oakland, you can normally be contrarian by just avoiding those two and hoping that, you know, Pinder isn't the highest score hitter on the slate again. But Chad Pinder's price is so stupid. It, it, yeah, it's really, really dumb. But I, I kind of like it for tournaments because, I mean, it's obviously worked out terribly the last couple of days because he's homered in every game. But <laughs> I kind of like when you get these free squares that you don't really need in tournaments. Like, there's nothing – your lineup is just as good if you take Pinder and, like, a $5,500 hitter as if you take two, you know, $4,400 hitters, you know, more or less. Um, and you just get so much ownership going to the really cheap guy. I kind of like it in tournaments, just only when the guy doesn't score 25 points. It's amazing to see the same ownership on Pinder and Listella, the exact same positional splits, only Listella is $2,600 more expensive. We have the same ownership on Pinder and Listella. 16 Listella, 15 Pinder. Maybe because there's not expensive pitching. I don't know. Yesterday it was a. Uh... 40 to six. Yeah. That, well, that's what I was going to say. It's got to be pretty hard to get those two guys to be the same. I think they have relatively similar projections, all things considered. Yeah. Um, $2,600 is like a full other player. <laughs> right. But yeah, I mean, I guess when there's no Kershaw, there's no Anderson. Yeah. We, we don't need, we probably didn't even have uh, Arias in on this run. I don't think so. Yeah. Well, yeah. What that's telling you is that salary is largely irrelevant. Right. Because that's not at all how that which should... which illustrates the point perfectly that we were talking about with stacking, you know, like if you can play Chad Pinder just as easily with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You can play a $4,600 hitter and it doesn't matter. Why are you really favoring the cheap guy just because he's on the same team when you could roster like a legitimate home run hitter? There's no reason. Not saying Tommy Lestella is the legitimate home run hitter. I'm just saying like you sure. can go to a different game. It would really help if Tommy Lestella was a better power hitter for that example, right. but I know where you're going with it. Right. Uh, let's slide over to the Astros side. Springer, Altuve, Bregman, all north of 20% ownership. Uh, Kyle Tucker, Michael Brantley, just shy of it. No real ownership coming in anywhere else. How do you feel about the Astros, uh, Houston coming in pretty low, uh, less than 10% chance of being the top stack, 14% ownership share. How are you feeling about Houston? 
I have them ranked sixth, so I'm not like super excited. Yeah, I mean, if they're going to be low on though, I'm I'm interested just because it's still Houston. They you know still have good hitters. Montas is you know pretty questionable. Um, he he did a good job against righties this year, which I think is a concern for Houston. He struck out 29%. He only allowed a 117 ISO. His real issues came with left-handed hitters. Um, 251 expected ISO, 280 actual ISO, only struck out 21.5%. So I think Michael Brantley looks like a good value. Not that you need the value, but it's a good price point. Kyle Tucker, I think, looks really good. Maybe some issues with the rest of the lineup, but I'm not overly concerned about it. Yeah, I'm like... Springer, clearly my top option in the leadoff spot, 4,800, only 21% owned. So like if Listella is going to get that same sort of ownership at the exact same price point, I'm just going to try to buy these better hitters, all, all things considered. Do you like anything at the bottom of the Astros lineup? Does that make it any more appealing to stack for you? Are you trying to get to like the Guriel Reddick, Maldonado section? Not really today. I just don't see the point. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't either. Favorite GPP play, favorite cash play from the Astros? I love Kyle Tucker. Just in general? Yeah. All, all any, formats? Yeah, yeah. I mean, all formats. Like, probably, I guess, probably not a cash play just because there's going to be three outfield. Like, you're going to probably play, what, Acuna, Dickerson. Stanton. Stanton, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, probably not, not a cash play for that reason. But, um, I mean, Springer probably, I guess, would be ahead of him in cash, too. But... Um, I, I love Tucker in tournaments. I think that Altuve is probably a good cash play. Um, obviously, I haven't built a lineup, so don't say it with too much confidence. But like, if you're not paying down for birdie at second base, Altuve is probably where you're going. Big day of content here at awesome.com Coming up immediately after this, 11 a.m. NFL strategy show. Uh, Laffy and Matt breaking it all down at 1 p.m. MLB live before lock. Baseball's coming back going to be jake and terry taking you all the way up to the 208 uh, which is such a weird start time but whatever the 208 lock uh and then 2 p.m eastern time or maybe just after the live before lock show ends uh fanduel nfl strategy so fanduel specific show matt and kyle and then uh, kyle coming back again 7 20 p.m eastern time nfl live before lock with the boss man alex baker and the aforementioned kyle uh, they will be breaking it all down. I've got two showdown videos, FanDuel and DraftKings, that are either up now or will be out uh, relatively soon, uh, breaking down the showdown slate for both sites. Check those things out. And check out the free content we have. NFL showdown rankings are free today. So if you're trying to play tonight's NFL showdown between the Bucks and the Bears, I almost forgot because, well, it's the Bears and I don't care. Um, it's not all that fun. And who knows what's going to happen with the Bucs if Mike Evans ends up not playing. But this is an MLB show, and you guys aren't worried about it. Showdown ranks are free. MLB projections are free today. So if you are trying to play this MLB slate, and if you're listening to the show, I'm guessing you probably are. Our projections, our free today, our free today, are free today. Too many words, man. Too early. Need more coffee. Let's move on to game number three, a game with an actual line, I think. Or is the other one the one that has the line? Yes, this one does have a line. Uh, Yankees, five run implied total, raise four and a half. Uh, 55% chance to win for the Yanks. Jordan Montgomery going for New York. Depends how you want to talk about this one. Ryan Thompson as the opener. Ryan Yarborough as the long man per fan graphs. Um, 
Jordan Montgomery is projected for 72% ownership on DraftKings right now. That is not going to hold when we get our uh, additional pitchers in, but we need to start there because at the very least, he's going to get ownership. How do you feel about Jordan Montgomery? I like him. I think I like him a little bit more than Kyle Wright. I just think he's a better pitcher. Um, I think his strikeout stuff's better. Uh, If you look at, you know, obviously somewhat limited sample this year, but 24.4% strikeout percentage for Montgomery, 18% for Wright. And Montgomery is someone that in the past I've been pretty high on because he does have multiple pitches that can get swings and misses and and that he can use to get guys out. So I I am interested in Montgomery. Again, I just, I don't think he goes super deep into this game. Um, Not because he's not stretched out. I just expect that, the Yankees, if he can give them like five innings, the Yankees probably take what they got and then, you know, turn it over to the bullpen. But I think that his salary is affordable. I think the matchup's okay. Um, the Rays, you know, obviously have some some power, but outside of really Miami, every team in the playoffs still has power. Um, so I think it's one of the better matchups, uh, you know, possible on this slate. Um, so I, I do think Montgomery looks good. I'm hoping the ownership comes down a little bit. I have him grading out as my best option right now. I have all of the pitchers that I assume are going to be pitching. Jordan Montgomery would be the tops uh, in that scenario. So barring any really crazy ownership, like barring that 72% holding once these guys come in, uh, I think that Montgomery would be my favorite arm. Thoughts on Ryan Yarbrough, 6,800. Obviously price is largely uh, not important today. Do you think Yarbrough can go deep enough at that price tag to matter? To matter, yeah, it's, it's kind of similar to what we talked about with Christian Javier. On most slates, I would say no, because I expect him to give you four or five innings. But on this slate, you know, he can. The The bigger issue is that he's facing the Yankees, and that's a pretty you know, tough thing to do. Of course, he's not pitching in Tropicana, which doesn't help. So it, it's not that I'm I'm certainly not excited to, to get to Yarbrough, but I don't think there's a drastic difference in the range of outcomes between Yarbrough and Kyle Wright, for example. So, you know, if his ownership is significantly lower, then there's no reason not to, to consider him in tournaments. Same page there. That's for sure. Um, man, I used to like rostering Ryan Yarbrough. Like there was a time where it was fun. There was a time when, uh people weren't rostering the long relievers correctly that was yeah fun. i was gonna say that, that that's when it was fun was like you knew yarbrough was gonna pitch and everyone just pretended that they didn't know yeah he'd be like one and a half percent owned and he, if right. they named him as the starter he would have been 30 <laughs> ah, the good old days of two years ago all right let's slide over to the yankees bats i think that is probably the better place to start in this game um pulling up the top stacks tool again Yankees are third, 14% chance of being the top stack. They're outpacing their ownership a little bit. I have the Yankees as my number one stack. Um, Should not be all that surprising given the amount of power that's there. How do you feel about the Yanks? I have a lot of respect for Yarbrough and his ability to limit power, but that being said, he doesn't get a lot of strikeouts and the Yankees just have such absurd amounts of power that I still give them the edge here. I still want to get to them. Going back to the start of the 2019 season, Yarbrough's only allowed a 140 ISO to right-handed hitters but he struck out 20 and a half percent. And I just have trouble expecting guys like Aaron judge and Luke Voigt and Giancarlo Stanton and Torres to be allowed to make contact with the ball and not do damage. So, you, you know, I, I always give those guys the edge when they're facing pitchers that I don't think have a high likelihood of striking them out. And that's the case here with Yarbrough. So, you know, credit to Yarbrough for, for being good at limiting quality contact and, and limiting power, but this obviously isn't a normal team. No, it is not. Yeah. I, I don't see how they are not my most exposed stack, especially given the current ownership. Um, love Judge, love Hicks. 
I don't know why Stanton is 4,300, but he is. And as we detailed a little bit earlier, price is really meaningless today. Uh, you should be able to roster any of these guys. You know, you get somebody like Torres at 6% ownership at $3,900. Uh, that is as good of a GPP play as you're going to find. I just want to load up on the Yankees. Uh, I, I, again, I, I respect Ryan Yarbrough as a starter, but what does it matter if it's the Yanks? Um, there's just too much power here. So sign me up for the Yankees. My favorite team to grab. Who's your favorite Yankees bat? Stan. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. No, not at all. He, he's too good. Oh my God. Yeah. And what, aren't really any major cash options, I guess. Judge maybe 21% own hitting second. 5k price tag shouldn't matter all that much. Okay, Stan should be like the first guy in. I agree. I yeah. agree. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, like, if you can get whatever you can get to, it's fine. But I would think that like you're going Acuna over Judge and Cash. On the other side, we've got the Rays, um, middle of the pack in terms of top stack odds, but only a seven percent ownership share. A Rosarena at sixteen percent, Rousseau at ten, Brandon Lau at eleven. Everybody else in single digits. I think the Rays are being wildly underrepresented uh, in terms of ownership. How do you feel about Tampa? I think that they're one of the lower probability stacks, but I think that as usual, people are just bad at range of outcomes type stuff. Yep. So I, I think, you know, like you said, even though they're one of the least appealing offenses here, you know, they, they don't compare it to teams like the Yankees. It's still a four game baseball slate. Like it's the, the, the chances of any of these teams failing is relatively high. The chances of any of them succeeding is, you know, or the chances of even the worst teams having a good game are probably higher than people give it credit for. So when you're getting a lot of ownership going to Jordan Montgomery and not a lot going to the Rays, I do think that there is some appeal there. Um, But again, I don't really plan on full stacking much today. And I don't know how much of Tampa actually stands out as top plays. Like Randy Rosarine has been getting ownership and I think he should, he's still only 3,800. He's playing really, really well. But when you can pretty freely roster, whoever you want in the outfield, he's still kind of not a, a top option. Uh, Brandon Lau has been absolutely awful. He's expensive. Now you get a lefty-lefty matchup. There's no one guy, I don't think, from Tampa that stands out as a great option at their position. Especially mm-hmm. when you consider pinch hit risk, too. Like Hunter Renfro looks really good. Yeah. He's probably not going to get that bad after the fifth inning. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, Renfro popping pretty nicely, 3% ownership, but, you know, might only hit twice. Is that a problem to you? I, I, I Maybe yes. problem's not the right word. Um, how much are you paying attention to it, given how likely it is for most teams to be having that same sort of strategy? Is there anything you're looking for specifically in an individual hitter? I mean, I don't adjust too much. I think it's factored into, you know, projections and everything enough. But, I mean, it's the, the problem is just, when you think about like outfielders, for example, the likelihood that Renfro gets pinch hit for is extremely high. Yeah. Not, he's not that much cheaper than someone like Stanton who is not getting pinch hit for absolutely no way. Um, there's, if he does that, you should lose your job immediately. Right. (laughs) And, you know, even like looking at the Astros, Kyle Tucker, um, you know, maybe you prefer the spot for, for Renfro. I think it's pretty comparable, but either way, I don't expect Kyle Tucker to be getting pinch hit for like, I expect him to get two at bats more than Hunter Renfro gets. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're on the same page there. Um, 
it's a tricky thing to try to manage in the playoffs. Right. It's ownership still matters a lot. Like yeah. if Hunter Renfro, it's kind of like the way that you think about rostering like a number eight or number nine hitter versus like a number one or number two hitter in the same lineup. Like, you know, you're going to get fewer at bats, but at some point the ownership justifies it. Yeah. Because you start thinning out a player pool on a four game slate. And all of a sudden you don't have nearly as many guys as you were originally trying to roster. Yeah, who's so your favorite, I, who's your favorite raise bet? Uh, so the, the short answer, I guess, would be like if I'm playing one to three lineups, I'm probably just avoiding Renfro. If I'm playing one fifty, like I hope I have some Renfro just because he could easily homer in his first two at bats. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you're playing like one lineup, um, you have it's a lot easier for you to avoid any potential landmines that are going to get pinch hit for. If you're playing 150, I I don't think that there's really a mechanism to avoid that. Yeah. Favorite uh, raise bet is a Rosarena. Yeah, I agree. Anything else in the Yankees' Rays? No. Let's close this one out. Dodgers and Padres, I guess. Uh, we'll start on the Dodgers side, which is up in the air, but probably Julio Urias. There is no line for this game as of right now. Per the Padres, per fan graphs, it will be Luis Patino as the long man. Are you seeing the same thing? Yeah, um, Adrian Morayon's opening and then Patino as the long man, which I do not know what to make of it because his three most recent appearances, he threw 10, 17, and 19 pitches. Yeah, I don't. He threw 50 on September 19th. He's the flat minimum on DraftKings. Does that increase any appeal to you? Because he feels just off the board regardless to me. The salary itself doesn't really change much because I think I can still just roster whoever I want. I am mildly interested, though, because I think he's good. And if he does go 50 or 60 pitches, he in the conversation for, you know, being able to score those 10 to 12 points that we talked about. It's also obviously a really difficult matchup for, you know, for him. So I, I doubt that I really get there. Um, just kind of mildly interested in 150 lineups because I think there is uncertainty around exactly how deep he can go. And this is one of their top top pitching prospects. What do you want to do with Urias? I'll take whatever I can get. Um, I expect him to grade out as the highest projected pitcher, but I still, you know, as we said at the top, I don't think he threw a hundred pitches a single time this year. He didn't normally he's throwing around like 80, 85 pitches. So on this particular slate, that's still appealing, but it is still a tough matchup. Um, so, I mean, I'm happy with whatever Urias I get. I'm probably not going out of my way to roster him at the expensive hitters. Though. Okay. Let's slide over to the Dodgers bats. I think that's the better spot to start. Um, they are middle of the pack in terms of top stack odds, uh, sort of the, the bottom half of the teams that make it to double digits. They are showing up as a little bit over-owned. A little bit of that will have to do with 31% Will Smith. 26% Mookie bets. I have the Dodgers as my number three stack. Um, obviously salaries don't matter. That's the good thing for today. What do you want to do with the Dodgers bats against whoever it is that's pitching for the Padres? The Padres have 13 relief pitchers on their playoff roster. I mean, that's what I would be doing if I were playing like OOTP, but. Uh, well, I mean, it's what they should be doing since they don't have Lamette or Clevender. Yeah, right. Because they don't have starters. Right. Um, but so I, that, that does at least make it, so that Patino probably still is only giving you a couple of innings, I would guess. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, as far as the Dodgers go, it's it's tough because you're going to not get the same matchup probably more than once for any of these guys. Uh, looking, you know, kind of specifically for lefties, there's five lefties on the roster for the Padres. Um, Drew Pomeranz threw 10 pitches yesterday, but he didn't pitch on Tuesday. So I assume he's available. None of the other lefties pitched yesterday. So they should be able to match up throughout this game, which can make things a little bit of a problem for the Dodgers. So I, I don't I don't know that there's one guy that I'm really singling out. It's more so that, you know, there is just a lot of power in this lineup and they can do damage. But I, I don't think it's a super favorable matchup just because of how many arms the Padres have. Hmm, I don't like this game today. I don't like that it's last for some strange reason. I feel like I'm whatever I have is going to end up losing because of it. Right. It's a terrible feeling to have, but like I like Jock. He's twenty nine hundred. He's probably going to show up. So like, is he even going to start? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, that, I was kind of just trying to think through it. Like, if you, I would guess that he doesn't start because. Oh wait, no. I would guess he does start because chances are the lefty opener is not going to still be in by the time his first at bat comes up. I do like the layout of the Dodgers lineup going alternating righties and lefties potentially makes it uh, difficult for relief pitchers to come in, you, you know, you're winning and losing the platoon advantage over and over again. So that's ideal. You don't have a sure that entirely matters for Pomeranz, but <laughs> sure. Um, it's better than when the Phillies used to run lefty, 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 uh, three, four, five out right. there. And I couldn't have been happier. I was like, yeah, go ahead. Just guarantee that you get Ryan Howard, Chase Utley. And I can't remember who the third lefty was a, a lefty at bat in the sixth when it matters. Ah, the good old days. Now are the Phillies still paying Ryan Howard on that ridiculous contract? I don't know. I know the Orioles are still paying Chris Davis. <laughs> I tried to search for Ryan Howard. I typed Ryan Davis. <laughs> I can't remember if they're still paying him or not. Uh, contracts, contracts, contracts. Now I just want to know. Ryan Howard, you are my favorite player to hate. By far my favorite player to hate. Um, no, I think I think it's done. Oh, it ended a while ago. I thought they like. I thought they like kicked out a bunch of money into super future season, like Bobby Bonilla style, but not like a million dollars right. for 40 years or whatever it ended up being. Uh, let's, all right. From a cash perspective, from a GPP perspective, favorite Dodgers bet. Seager. I don't know. It's, it's tough. Like they're all really good plays. I don't know that one of them stands out. Like obviously Mookie and Bellinger are really good plays, but you have like Stanton, Acuna, whoever else in the outfield. Um, Seager looks really good, yeah. I think. Shortstop's pretty weak too, so I, I, probably Seager. M- Muncy GPP works for me if he sees the whole game. Um, 4,600 dual eligibility, 9% ownership. That feels like a decent spot to try to buy a home run. Yep, agreed. Then we go to the Padres side of this one. Uh, Padres showing up dead last in the top stack odds, 5%, 8.5% ownership as of right now. Of the Padres seventh, uh, most of that ownership is going to the 32% owned Fernando Tatis. I understand why that ownership is happening. You trying to stack up the Padres against Urias? No. Okay. Are they going to... 
Are they going underrepresented though? Because they don't appear to be a stack at all outside of Tatis. Like Tatis is making up what? 32 of 72. So that's Tatis makes up 44% of all of the Padres ownership. So they're not really being stacked. That's kind of the thing though. Like Tatis is obviously a really good play. Machado's a really good play. There's nothing wrong with Fam, Myers, Nola, but there are just so many good underpriced or the salary just doesn't matter outfielders that you have to run like really, really pure for those guys to end up being the you know the be- the best plays. Yeah. So I don't, I think it's just another spot where I, I look at it and I'm just like, okay, why would I rather have? Fam Myers Nola with Tatis Machado than Gary Sanchez, Giancarlo Stanton, and you know whoever else. Now uh, I hear you there. Uh, they feel. Does it change if Urias picks up a lot of ownership? Not really. Like my interest in Tatis and Machado would increase. Okay, that makes sense to me. Yeah, 11% owned Machado. If Urias picks up ownership, that could be a very valuable home run if it happens. Uh, favorite cash Padres bat, favorite GPP Padres bat, and then let's get out of here and not kick it over to NFL. None in cash Machado in tournaments if he's lower owned than Tatis. None in cash. So not even Tatis? I think I'd rather go Seager. Okay, that's fair. Um, yeah, I like Machado and GPPs there. If if you go to one in cash, it would be Tatis, though, yeah. All right, let's sum it all up. Favorite pitching options, favorite hitting options. Jordan Montgomery. <laughs> I'll pick a name out of a hat. Um, I guess. God. Um, I, I guess Sanchez. Okay. Mine's Montgomery and Wright. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, in a perfect world, I guess it's Montgomery and Urias, but hmm. I don't know how easy that'll be. And what was your second question? Hitting. Oh, like <laughs> bat, like individual bats or stacks? Stacks. I, I'm not planning on stacking, but um, Yankees. You can give me individual bats if that makes it easier for you. Okay, yeah. I mean, Stanton, obviously just completely mispriced. Um, Matt Olson, I like a lot. Kyle Tucker, I like a lot. Mixing and matching, you know, Betts, Seeger, Bellinger. Um, but I think the three guys that really just stand out as guys that I would really hope I get a lot of in tournaments are Stanton, Olsen, and Tucker. Okay. Guys, thank you for joining us. 230 people, 60 likes. We're close to 100. If you guys can hit that thumbs up as you walk out the door or digitally walk out the door, that would help us out a ton. We have an infinite amount of content coming out today. Uh, shout out to Yahoo Sports for being our presenting sponsor for this show. Should go check them out. You can uh, you got CSV edits now. You can see a lot of no management fee contests or even lower management fee contests. It's going to be great for your bankroll. Ten max regularly, smaller contests as well. You can see some single entry stuff. It's a great place to build your bankroll. So I highly recommend going to check it out. Content throughout the day. Hit the thumbs up. I think I'm checking all the boxes. Subscribe to our podcast feed so you can get the audio version of these bad boys. And then tune in to MLB Live Before Lock at 1 o'clock with Jake and Terry as they break it all down. That's about it. Adam, I know you don't have anything else to add. So, Jordan Klein, hit that music. 